Hi, I'm Erin Dickens, jazz vocalist. Join me for the next episode of On Screen and Beyond, where we'll be discussing my brand new CD, Vignettes. Be there. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Thanks for joining me once again here on On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak. This is episode 471 of the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with the guests from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, Erin Dickens will be joining us. She is an original and founding member of of Manhattan Transfer, and she has a new solo album coming out called Vignettes, and that's coming your way on October 20th. So get ready for that. Aaron Dickens is coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond, and we've got a lot of things coming your way. We've got movies about uh, ancient Egypt, and we also have a new Disney movie that's coming out that's not animated, and it's not about a superhero. We'll let you know about that in a few minutes. It's time for Remake Madness right here on On Screen and Beyond. Remake Madness, it looks like everything seems to be up in the air on the Cleopatra remake. Angelina Jolie was rumored to be playing the lead, but that now doesn't seem to be firm. Also, several directors are being looked at, so nothing is set for this one. We'll keep you informed on it. And Teen Titans will make the jump to the big screen, and that's coming our way on July 27th, 2018, and uh, that's when the animated version of the team will be hitting theaters. That's it for Remake Madness next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming new movies. Upcoming new movies, Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio will once again team up for a film. This time, it's a biopic on Theodore Roosevelt, and DiCaprio will play Roosevelt. Anna Kendrick will star in Disney's Nicole, and it's a movie about the daughter of Santa Claus, and the release date is November 8th, 2019. And Jared Leto will star as Hugh Hefner in a biopic, and uh, of, of course, of uh, Hugh Hefner's life. And uh, that's coming out. Uh, well, they haven't given us a date on that, but we'll keep you updated on that. And that's it for upcoming new movies next on On Screen and Beyond. Going down to Sequel City to find out what's coming your way as far as sequels. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sequel City, well, it looks like Coming to America 2 may be coming back to life after almost 30 years. Director Jonathan Levine of Snatched has been tapped as the director to the sequel. And Die Hard 6, called Die Hard Year 1, will continue the story of John McCain and also will be a prequel as it also looks back when McCain first joined the police force. And yes, Bruce Willis will be in the film. It, too, 
will hit theaters on September 6, 2019. So get ready to be scared. And that is it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, TV on DVD. TV on DVD, American Dad, Volume 12, will arrive on November 7th. Season 3 of Flipper, the 60s TV classic, will hit stores shelves on October 31st. And January 23rd, you can look for The Paper Chase, Season 4, the final season. That's it for TV on DVD. Next on On Screen and Beyond, Movies on DVD. Movies on DVD, Despicable Me 3 will land on Blu-ray and DVD on December 5th. Leap will arrive on November 21st. And also on November 21st, The Hitman's Bodyguard slams into stores. That's it for Movies on DVD. Next on On Screen and Beyond, TV and Entertainment Time. TV and entertainment time, well, it looks like The Mist has been canceled. There will be no second season. And CBS's Young Sheldon has been given the green light for a full season of shows. They usually start off with, say, 10 or 12 shows, and then they bump them up a little bit more later on. So he's got a full season of shows right there for Young Sheldon. And sadly, uh, since our last show, singer Tom Petty passed away last week from cardiac arrest. And that's it for TV and entertainment time. Next on On Screen and Beyond, it's Celebrity Birthdays. We baked you a birthday cake. If you get it to me, eh? And you moan and groan and woe. Don't forget we told you so. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! <laughs> Celebrity Birthdays, all right. Let's see. We have October 10th. It's uh, Mario Lopez turning 44. October 11th, Daryl Hall of Hall & Oates turns 71. October 12th, Hugh Jackman turns 49. And October 13th, Marie Osmond turns 58. On October 14th, Sir Cliff Richard turns 77. And on October 15th, Penny Marshall turns 74. That's Laverne from Laverne and Shirley. And October 16th, Angela Lansbury turns 91. And that's it for Celebrity Birthdays. As far as listener birthdays, we didn't have any coming in this week. But if you, a friend or a relative, are going to be having a birthday, send it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. And we'll all celebrate your birthday with you or your friend's birthday or whatever. And uh, just send it to us. and Give us plenty of time to get it on the air. And that's it So uh, for Celebrity Birthdays. And uh, coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, Aaron Dickens, the original member and founding member of Manhattan Transfer. And she has a new solo coming out called Vignettes. It's coming out on October 20th. Aaron is next right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today on On Screen and Beyond, our guest is a singer and founding member of Manhattan Transfer. She has a new CD coming out on October 20th. It's Erin Dickens. Erin, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Hey, Brian. Thank you for having me. Erin, it's so nice to have you on the show. It's always nice to have a, a singer on when they have a new CD coming out. So you must be very excited about this, right? 
Oh, I'm totally excited about it. It's my baby, and I have had so much fun recording it with musicians all over the planet, and uh, I am just bursting to get this out there. And you mentioned you, you worked with a lot of different people on this, and I, and I was interested reading the, the bio on this, and uh, Jim Croce's son is playing piano yeah. on one of the, your songs? Yeah, absolutely. Jim and Ingrid Croce are very, very old friends of Manhattan Transfer, and in fact, when Jimmy was first starting out, he uh, lived in Pennsylvania and used to come in and sleep on the sofa um, at Pat Rosalia's house. She was one of the founders of Manhattan Transfer also. And uh, we worked together a lot, and we met AJ in diapers. In fact, um, we uh, very early on uh, did a concert in, in Philly uh, opening for James Taylor. And uh, we sang with him and, you know, did encores with him and had such a good time that we brought him over to Jimmy's house. And we just jammed all weekend, and it was such great fun, and A.J. was walking around in diapers. So, you know, he's learned from the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, and that surprised me because, I, I, you know, honestly, I can't say that I knew that uh, you know, Jim Croce had, had a son and who's gone into the business also. I didn't yep. know that. And he's just killing it. He's so talented and so plays so many different instruments and so many different styles and could not be any nicer. His dad would be so proud of him. It's just, it's so cool. You know, it's full circle, really, for me, right? Right, yeah. So yeah. what did you do? Look around for people you had worked with in the past and, and just decided certain people you'd have on the, this certain album? Well, I'm a Gemini, so there were two of us that had to agree <laughs> <laughs> on everything. But this is the first CD that I've ever self-produced, and... Um, it was the first opportunity, really, in my life to not have someone telling me what I couldn't do. Mm -hmm. And so the concept for me, having been set loose, um, was that I would choose old friends. Um, some are newer friends, but basically they're all musicians I've worked with over the years. Um, and do a vignette on each tune and do a collaboration where um, the musician's voice was as important as my voice. And so stylistically, there's tremendous variety. You know, there's... Bob Dylan, and there's, you know, Leonard Cohen, and Lambert Hendricks and Ross, and so it's kind of all over the place, but each one was a little jewel that we polished, um, and some of these guys, I mean, it was just so fun, David Friedman uh, is in Berlin, and we ended up recording in Miami, and I hadn't seen him in 30 years, he's an incredible vibraphonist, so, you know, each experience was, was a little, you know, jewel of its own, mm -hmm. so it was really great fun. Yeah, and I see that uh, you also have uh, Elliot Randall, a guitarist for Steely Dan on A Wonderful yep. World, which I got to tell you, I mean, I love the album. Your voice is beautiful, and but I'm a sucker for uh, Wonderful World. <laughs> Any version of it I love. <laughs> I know, and you know, my husband was so happy I recorded that because, you know, he, he started out, when I met him, he only listened to R&B, and <laughs> we've, we've hipped him up a little since then, but... You know, I keep throwing jazz things at him, and when I said this, he said, finally, something people will know. <laughs> <laughs> He's so happy about it. It's a beautiful tune, and gosh, the guitar work is just to die for. And, mm -hmm. it, you know, it's so fun when you do a project like this. I mean, this is a different style for Elliot. You know, he was with Steely Dan, and, you know, he's a killer rock guitarist. Right. And... What's so fun for me as a vocalist is, you know, I get, I did all my vocals at home, and so I 
you know, we'd record these tracks and I'd bring them home. And then each guy would just, would inspire me and, and things would come out that I never would have thought of. And, you know, like on that song, all those beautiful background vocals just are just entirely inspired by Elliot's playing, you know? Mm. It, now, it is, I always ask this question, and usually I get the same answer, but, but I'm going to ask it I anyway. I didn't do it. <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite of, of the songs on this CD that, uh, that you like? Well, my husband's favorite is the Leonard Cohen. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that. Um, I think on any given day, it's very hard for me to narrow it down, and everybody will tell you, how can I tell you that? But there's one tune called A Bicyclette, which is a French tune mm-hmm. um, that was played by Rob Mounsey. Um, and there's something so magical about that song um, that maybe I would say that. I don't know. Gosh, that's hard. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know... It, it, like I say, I love the album. It's 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 a great album, and um, one of the ones that struck me right off because it it gives me imagery. Uh, I can picture uh, we'll be together again oh. in a movie, being used in a movie where uh, you know a romantic comedy where the guy is in a bar and he's down and you're singing this song in the background. I mean, it, 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 it just brought that image to me when I, when I heard it, you know, it's probably happened, <laughs> but yeah, that's a beautiful song. And that's a wonderful pianist, Steph Skajari, who lives down here in Maryland, not far from me. And, uh, so we actually brought the studio to him. He has bought a brand new Steinway, um, an, an old Steinway, but it's it new to him. I think it was in 1936 or something. And uh, so we we recorded right in his living room because we wanted to have him on his Steinway. Wow. And uh, that was really great fun. Each, you know, I, how much time you got? Because <laughs> 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 each experience was just so cool for me. So So it wasn't, like you're in a studio and and everybody comes and does their thing in the studio. You everything, every song was done differently. Yeah, yeah. What we did, we we made a rule, um, and the only rule that we made was to the different recording engineers to not imprint it in any way. So in other words, perfectly clean signal coming in, no effects, no compression, no gain, just mm-hmm. mic'd or taken direct as needed. Um, so that when we sent it to London, we have a wonderful mix engineer there named Wes Mabe. Um, then Wes could put his imprint and make it more um, cohesive with the sound. So we recorded in Texas and in Hawaii, wow. in London, um, in Florida, in Nashville. I'm trying to think where else. In New Jersey, in New York. Um, so most of the sessions I was there for. Um, some, a couple of, I wasn't like, I didn't go to London to be with, with Elliot. Um, but we did the, the Annie Ross tune, Jackie was the bass player in Honolulu. And I was going to Honolulu to see my family and my fave bass player in the world is there, Bruce Hamada. And we went in the studio and laid it down, you know? So then when I came home, um, from all these different adventures, I did all the vocals in my studio on the same mic. Um, and so, and again, that gave the, the consistency, you know, that you need mm-hmm. in terms of sound. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so 
it was really it was a dog and pony show, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. So is it difficult to do your vocal after they have done the 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 you know the piano or whatever instruments they were playing? No, and that's really as a rule, with the exception of on a live album, um, is how it's done. You get the tracks and you sing what they call a reference vocal, um, and it's you know when you're trying to produce a CD and get the tracks you want, it's really not the right time to be laying a vocal. You need to be focusing on what you're hearing from the musicians okay. and make sure that that's what you want. And then um, you can go back and do your vocals. And that's pretty common. Um, uh, I often, funnily enough, do background vocals before I do the lead vocals because it gets me warmed up and in the vibe. And then I have some things to work off of that that inspire me. You know, So sometimes I do my background vocals first, even. Hmm. Um, and tell you, frankly, not having a vocal producer... And not being, you know, going to the studio at $300 an hour, having to get your vocal on Monday at 8 because that's when you're booked is right. a tremendous luxury. Hmm. So, you know, I could sing it, get it great, and then say, ah, I'm not sure, I'll come back tomorrow. Maybe I'm going to, you know, tweak this little part or that part, you know. So yeah. um, it's, it was fun. Yeah. Do you ever do it in reverse where you do the singing and then the, the musicians add the music to you? That would be kind of tough. Um, <laughs> there are parts of one song. Let me look at my song list here. <laughs> That'll help me. Parts of Aaron Girl for Rhythm, um, where we had to do a little bit of that um, because I was just playing with drums. Mm -hmm. um, and so before he sang the bass part and before he played the harmonica, and before he, we did the background vocals together, I had to lay a lead. And it wasn't a finished lead, but again, I had to lay one. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And the other thing is, you know, when you're recording, things change. You, you know, you, if you're doing a finished vocal while you're tracking, and you get home and you might decide you really didn't love, you know, the acoustic guitar, or you wished the whole thing had been a little faster, or you... Um, you wanted to change the balance of something else, it will color it in such a way as to, you know, extract a different treatment from you as a singer. Mm -hmm. You know, because my job is to do two things, is to take what I'm hearing and send it through me um, in terms of energy and feeling and vibe and then express the story to the listeners. So it's not like I'm on top of them or separate from them. I am them. Mm -hmm. I'm their voice on a certain level. You yeah. know, so... Um, you want to kind of know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Wow. The whole process. You commit to what you're doing. Yeah, right? the whole process is just, it amazes me because, it, you know, you, you come out, you've got a singer and you've got a bunch of different instruments, and then you come up with this beautiful sounding <laughs> song. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it is such a great joy to be able to sing. I tell you, I, I love my job. I do. Nice work if you can get it. <laughs> right. Yeah. That should be a song. <laughs> uh, yeah. Did, wait a minute. Where's that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, when did you start singing? I mean, you, you know, did you do it since you, you know, you from just being a two-year-old? Did you start singing then, or did did you start in school, or how did that all come about? And I did. I started really young. I loved it. I, I, I used to come out, you know, and stand. We had a little balcony in our in our dining room. 
uh, like a one step up to the dining room, and I would come out, you know, like I was making a, you know, an entrance on Broadway. <laughs> My poor parents had to stand there, and I'd sing and dance and get a top hat, and oh, I loved it. I just loved it. And Dad was a tremendous amateur musician. He he wasn't schooled in any way, but he played by ear brilliantly and incredible jazz piano, and he played banjo and Dixieland and always had a Dixieland band and. So he taught me how to play guitar and got me a guitar when I was, you know, 10. And it's kind of been, you know, my soul ever since then. Mm -hmm. How many instruments do you play? Um, I play too poorly. (laughs) (laughs) I I wasn't too bad on guitar, but had a hand injury on my left hand. And, you know, uh, while Django Reinhardt was able to do it, I, I, I just don't think I could have really come back from that. You know, I, one of my fingers just got kind of bent up in a funny way that I can't press strings with it. So, mm. um, And piano I play only for the purpose of voicing things and practicing and uh, learning parts and making arrangements and stuff like that. I, I wouldn't subject any poor people to it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're very good. <laughs> but uh... You know, it's, it's a tool for me. Right. There's so many great pianists. You know, it's sort of like, why would I even go there? Yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah. So, so, and you know, funnily enough, also, I just have to give you a little aside. I was thinking, oh my gosh, you know, on screen and beyond, and I was looking at your wonderful website and all the, the, the actors that you're interviewing and everything, and I thought I would let you know that I was in a film myself. Yes, I was. Really? <laughs> um, for many years, I worked um, with some Canadian and French writers. Um, I worked, as you probably know, with Leonard Cohen. Yes. Um, and he collaborated on a film in the 80s called Fantastica that was written by Leonard um, and a wonderful artist named uh, Louis Fury. Mm-hmm. And Louis uh, directed it and starred in it with his not then but later wife, Carol Lore, who um, is a quite famous French um uh, film actress and actually starred in Preparez-vous Mouchoir and won, she's won Oscars and stuff and is really quite something. And so I played a, a, an angel singer and I played a drummer. <laughs> wow. So there you go. So, <laughs> now, <laughs> you know, odd facts from, you know, way beyond. Right. Now, now if, I, if I saw the movie, would, would we see you in it or is it one of those ones where you're in the background and you wouldn't be noticed or? You'd see me in the scenes with the bands mm-hmm. where I'm playing drums in some very pe- peculiar garb. <laughs> and um, and you, I don't think you see me as an angel singer. I think the angel singers were, um, you know, sort of in the mist or in the background. I don't think you could pick me out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so now you were the, one of the founding members of uh, Manhattan Transfer. How did that come about? Was it a bunch of friends that got together? or? Well, um, Marty and Tim, Tim being the, the, the mastermind of this group from the very beginning until he passed away a couple of years ago, um, he and, and Marty Nelson, uh, who was one of the founders of the original group, um, were working with a publisher in New York whom I met through a friend of my mom who... Uh, she had been a press agent years ago and had some contacts in New York. And um, 
I went up to this publisher's office, and they were there, and we sang together, and the three of us went, oh, <laughs> my. And so that was how that started, and we, uh, Pat Rosalia was a good friend. Um, she being really the the contact with Ingrid Croce. Jim Croce went to Villanova University with Tim Hauser. Oh, and okay. Pat Rosalia and Jim's wife, Ingrid, went to Cabrini, the girls' school that was, like, right next door. And so they were all great friends, and that was how we, you know, we started the whole thing. So we we started in 69 and had got a record deal almost immediately. And I was so young, my mother had to sign my record deal for me. Oh, wow. <laughs> Which is crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she was not pleased, funnily enough. I mean, she thought she'd introduce me to this publisher. She sent me to school in Virginia, hoping I wouldn't go into the music business. She's as far away as she could get me, and <laughs> it didn't work out too well for her. <laughs> wow. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. <laughs> so, now, over the years, you've worked with a lot of different uh singers, musicians, and, and everything. Uh, is there any of them that you were just, you know, blown away that you were working with this person? Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think Leonard Cohen, of course, takes the cake. That's true, yeah. He, you know, what's to say about that? Right. He's, he's just so extraordinary and so special and authentic and taught me so much about being an artist. Um, I worked on uh, several tours with him and uh, sang background vocals for New Skin for the Old Ceremony. And then also, um, I always forget the name of it, the album that had um, Hallelujah on it. I sang the top part on Hallelujah, which was big fun. Um, But he really touched me in ways that changed my life forever in terms of being an authentic artist and really valuing what I do um, for uh, the music and the soul and not for, you know, the hype kind of thing, which, you know, when you're in New York or in L.A., it's all woohoo, you know. <laughs> uh, and you, you, it's easy, especially when you're young like that, to lose track of what the real purpose here is, what the higher purpose is. And so, mm-hmm. boy, he, he had that going on. And, you know... I did a tune of his on this record, and um, talk about vignettes, I called John Lissauer, who's the producer who produced Hallelujah and New Skin, and um, I said, John, let's let's do a tune on this record. He said, well, we got to do Leonard. And I said, well, okay, let's do Leonard. And so he chose Came So Far for Beauty, which he composed with Leonard. And it's a beautiful tune, and one of the few that was really right for a female voice, you know, with the, with the message, because um, I didn't want to get too dark. Um, and we were so excited about playing it for him. And just before we had it mixed, the vocals were done, the tracks were done, he passed away. And we never got to play it for him. So it was, we were both so disappointed, you know? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. But another quickie before you get off that. Singing with Greg Allman. Gosh, 
rock and roll was so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was really, 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 really fun. You know, so that was something else. Well, well, I got to mention that because I mean, looking over the the, the information of who you sung with, uh, it, it's so diverse. You know, you've got James Taylor and Leonard Cohen, and you've got Greg Allman and the Talking Heads, Roberta Flack, Yoko Ono, and James Brown. Now, I mean, you, that covers about every genre of music. <laughs> <laughs> and I I just about fell over. I got a call. I was a studio singer in New York. It was after. Um, the first iteration of the transfer um, stopped, and Tim moved on to the second iteration. And I was being a, a session singer in New York, which I loved beyond love. And I got a call on my service that James Brown wanted me to contract, they call it when you uh, hire the other singers, to contract background vocal sessions for a record. And I was like, me? Really? <laughs> but we had a big time. And, and funnily enough, one of the singers I contracted to sing backgrounds with me on that was Janice Ian. Wow, jeez! It, it, she was she was friends with me, and you know you know we didn't see each other that much. She was always touring and everything. But one time we were hanging out, and she said, "I really hate it. Nobody ever hires me to sing background vocals, and I'm a really good background vocalist. They just think I'm too busy, or I wouldn't do it." And so I thought, "Okay, Jan, here we go." <laughs> <laughs> Well, it, that always does amaze me that I've talked with other singers and everything, and and they'll say, well, I, I sang background for, you know, this artist, and, and it's like, why are you singing background for them? I know, I know. <laughs> not, not that they're not good, the other people aren't good, but, you know, it's like, you're just as big as they are. <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah, I know. But, you know, I think that's what's really fun. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's... I love singing different genres of music, and it's been very hard for me over the years to really um, kind of tighten it up, uh, you know, and really everything I've ever done, people are, you know, want me to settle into a style, and I, I don't want to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I don't blame you. I mean, you know, the, the, the fun, it's music. Yeah, that's right. You know, people like to, to say, you know, this is jazz, or this is swing, or this is pop, and this... It's music. The whole thing is music. It's the whole thing is music. And witness, you know, people who are, are listening to, you know, um, Tony Bennett now are teenagers. Right. And and take a band like Pink Martini, which is just all over the place, and it's fabulous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's... You know, so I think that, especially since sort of the debut of playlists and Spotify and stuff, people... Put together, you know, when I make playlists for dinner parties or something at home, if I'm entertaining, every single style of music on it, mm-hmm. from Ella to the 1920s to the Talking Heads to, you know, you yeah. name it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, my daughter, even my daughter, you know, she, she's big on Sinatra. I mean, it's... Yeah, go figure, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, you, know, you don't expect that from from the younger kids, you know, but uh, no. they're... they're I mean, like I say, to me, it's it's music. If it's good, it's good. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. And it, it's, uh, you know, to be able to, to work with people who are, are so talented is just, I mean, I literally, just like you say, I go home sometimes from a session or a, or a concert, and I just go, wow. <laughs> I can't believe that I played with those guys. <laughs> yeah, jeez, yeah. Now, uh, vignettes officially comes out October 20th, correct? Correct, yeah. But you, I, I've heard you can get it now, is that correct? 
We have. Um, I was in um, in Europe in the spring, and we did a European release um, because of, because we could, and we had some fun concerts scheduled. Um, and so it is available on Amazon.com, both electronically and physically, and it's available on iTunes. So if they and cannot so wait, ready to rock. Yeah. So if they yes, can't if wait, they, can't they can get it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's um, we're going to do a big release party in Los Angeles in the first weekend of November, and I, I haven't released the details yet because we have a couple things still to to um, finalize. Ah. Um, but that should be big fun, and I've got some great players out there, and so I'm really looking forward to doing that and celebrating it here. You know. Mm-hmm. So are you going to be singing the songs from the from the whole CD and everything, and or yeah, some of them? Yeah, I'll do the whole CD. I mean, there's one or two that are tricky. Well, Aaron Girl for Rhythm is really tricky, <laughs> but but most of them can be done. And um, of course, they take on a different color, but that's okay. You know, nothing wrong with that. Right, right. I I don't plan on bringing the big band for Black Trombone. Right. Yeah, you can. <laughs> I'd well, like to hire eighteen pieces just for one song. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there go the profits. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But, so that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, we've got it up now, and, and uh, it's on Spotify uh, yeah. as well. But go buy it, please. Go oh, yeah. It's a beautiful album. Beautiful album. Thank you so much. I'm glad you like it. It oh, was yeah. really a work of great love for me. Yeah. And uh, now I... I, I mean, this one's not even officially out, but uh, you already scrambling things in the back of your head for the next one? Yeah, I'm really messed up now. I'm, I messed myself up because what happens is, and I think I talked about it somewhere in my one of the booklets or something, what happens when you play music is you kind of fall in love. And so each guy that I worked with, I fell in love with. Not like, I, oh, God, I want to marry you, kind of fall in love. But don't stop playing. Oh, please, just don't stop singing that. Oh, my God, it's so good. <laughs> So now, you know, I'm thinking, I want to do a record with Paul Jost. I've got to do a record with Danny Levin. I know I need to do a record with Lipsauer, and it would be great to do one with Croce and Elliot. And so now I'm all messed up. I don't know what to do next. I have no idea what to do next. And each of them is so different. And it would be, you know, if I did Elliot, it would be a rock record. If I did um, Danny Levin, it would be sort of, you know, a little bit swingy country, but also classical. I mean, it just... The possibilities are just mind-boggling, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I, I can't wait to hear what you do come up with because it, it, I'm sure it's <laughs> going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's the point, right? Right. That's yeah, if it's point. not fun, why do it? <laughs> right. You know, and, and I think, you know, to wax philosophical for a minute, one of the jobs, we have this great joy and we have this great um, gift to be able to to be a musician. And so... Music really raises the vibration of the planet. It really changes things. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it's my responsibility to use music and to be a vehicle for joy and to send it out there and help people forget about what's going on in this world and all the terrible things that are happening and their, you know, whatever, their problems, mortgages and illnesses and marriages and things, and mm-hmm. to just kind of have their their whole vibration and their center for joy just sort of opened up. And so, um, you know, I think the job is to just get out of the way of it. Don't overthink it. and Don't make it about you. Just make it about being a vehicle, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, this is definitely an album that you can just dim the lights, sit back, relax, 
let it play and it'll take you away for, you know, for an hour or so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. Now, Aaron, oh, I, baby. Yeah, I want to finish up with three final questions. Okay. First one, who are your music uh, influences? You know, what are your favorite musics uh, from the past and from now? Second one is what's your favorite TV shows now and of the past, and what's your favorite movies now and of the past? Oh, so, God. music, movie, and TV. It requires me to have a memory. <laughs> um, music is easier, you know. Obviously, all the obvious ones, you know, Ella, Lambert, Hendricks, Ross, Tony Bennett, Frank Sinatra, of course, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, oddly enough, Barbara Streisand was a huge influence because she. Um, I got records of hers when I was 13, and I was so blown away with her voice. Oh, yeah. Um, so she influenced me a lot. But also um, Dr. John, Bonnie Raitt, um, Levon Helm, mm-hmm. um, those kind of musicians. And now um, I'm crazy. I mentioned Pink Martini before. I'm crazy about Pink Martini. Um, let's see. Who's out now? I love Jack Johnson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Memory, memory. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, TV shows, I do a lot of... I don't watch much network TV anymore. Um, I, I watch a lot of Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, House of Cards just... Oh, yeah. <laughs> there, there are no words for House of Cards. Fun show. <laughs> and light and fluffy, I like... Um, Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda's, what is it, Frankie and Grace, Grace yes, and Frankie? Yes, yeah. I love that. It's just so absurd, and that's fun. Um, and I watch, um, I love, like, CBS Sunday Morning and 60 Minutes and uh, Meet the Press and stuff like that. I'm, I'm interested in what's going on in the world, and so those kind of things I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about movies? Um, movies, I just saw... Um, loving, which I was very touched by, about mm-hmm. the interracial couple in the fifties in Virginia. Yeah, um, that was really interesting. Um, Chocolat was a big one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I like funny Kevin Klein. I can't get enough of Kevin Klein. A fish called Wanda. I've probably seen thirty times. <laughs> um, in terms of serious. Um, uh, fences I really loved. I hated La La Land. I just, I just, I thought, you know, there's Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire, and while it was cute and fanciful and fun, and what's the one about the outer space people? I loved that the the spaceship that landed. Arrival. Um, arrival. Oh, mm-hmm. loved Arrival. Yeah. I thought she was great in that. I thought it was powerful, and I thought it really—that's the kind of show you, you show kids. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, because it, you to think out of the box and to be able to translate a language like that and communicate, that was so beautiful, I thought. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the flashbacks were really well done. And I liked Up, is it called Up and Away? Um, um, up and Away. Yeah, it's called Up and Away about the, the guy who uh, fires people, George Clooney. Oh, oh, okay, 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 I know what you mean, yeah. yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. So I, I love movies. I do love movies. My husband likes more action and, you know, shoot them up some stuff. And I, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do violence and I can't do horror. I can't do it. It's, it's, <laughs> I mean, I lived in New York for 25 years. I, I really, I can go out on the street. It'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know? 
I don't need to pay for this. Really, trust me. <laughs> well, Aaron, I want to thank you so much for joining us. And uh, people should go out and, uh, you know, maybe sneak it out now or wait till October 20th, whichever they prefer, and uh, get vignettes. <laughs> and uh, like I say, officially, it's out on October 20th. And I wish you so much luck with it. It's a beautiful album. Thank you so much for having me, Brian. It's been a real pleasure. A big thank you going out to Aaron Dickens for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. Hope you'll be checking out her album on October 20th called Vignettes. And uh, it's a great album. She's a great singer. And I just, just love that. And I uh, hope you will check that out. And uh, let's see, we've got a lot of things going on, and uh, let's see, I'm trying to line up our next guest here at On Screen and Beyond, and if you have a suggestion for a guest, send it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook. If you are on iTunes, leave us a review. That helps some more and more people hear about the show, and uh, of course, we are getting ever close to 500 episodes. That's a lot more episodes than a lot of people ever make, but uh, we're going to keep going, and we hope we... Uh, I uh, can give you some more great guests that you'll enjoy and your suggestions always help because uh, sometimes I don't think of certain people and we then, I, you know, give me a suggestion. We'll see if we can connect with that person. And that's it. That's a wrap for this week. So until next week, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zimrak. Take care. Take care.